you really have to have a passion for it and just a level of belief in yourself that is going to be higher than other people's words. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Gather in Growth. I'm very excited about today's conversation. I know that I say that every week, but it is because hosting a podcast is like the best job ever. I get to talk to really interesting people who are doing very cool things in the world. And today's guest is no exception to that. She is a new friend who I just so happened to meet last week. That was last week, right? Yeah. At a speaking engagement. Um, and she shared her story and I just knew it was something that you needed to hear. So Billy, welcome to Gather and Growth. I cannot wait to dive into all the cool things you're doing in the world. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And I got to hear you speak and you shared your story and that was fantastic and very inspiring. Oh, well, thank you. So Billy, for someone who's just getting to know you for the first time, can you tell us a little bit more about where you are, what you do, what your life is like, and what brought you to today? My life is, (laughs) it's a wild ride. (laughs) There is no like one thing that I probably haven't done because I like to try everything once. And growing up, I grew up in a really small town in Northern Wisconsin. And um, my parents were entrepreneurs and my sisters are entrepreneurs. And so I was kind of surrounded by it pretty much my entire life. And so I kind of always knew that that was going to be the path that I was going to take. Then when I met my husband, I moved to an even smaller town in Iowa, which is hilarious because in college, <laughs> we had this running joke with our, uh, my roommates that we all kind of mutually agreed that we would never live in Iowa. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I'm the one that ended up here and, you know, in the heart of agriculture. But it's been a journey and I absolutely love it. And I did not grow up in agriculture, but my husband did. So Um, When we met, I moved here and we got married and it was just kind of full force taken on the farm and taking care of cows and row crop. And we did eventually kind of move away from the family farm a little bit, um, although my husband is still involved. And so we now do our own miniature Scottish Highland farm. And that has just been a blast. We just had our first two calves and they're all of like 35 pounds. (laughs) So that's been fun. But I have two little kids. And uh, in the last couple of years, I decided to quit my full-time job. And I started refinishing and refurbishing furniture because I just, you know, I love the creative side of it. And it was within like a month of me starting that business is when I kind of fell into my now current business where I invented a reusable paint tray liner and a lid. So I was painting nearly every single day with all of the furniture and I started to get really sick of one, not being able to save my paint if I needed to set it aside because I had my kids at home. But two, all of the plastic that was getting thrown into the garbage with the plastic paint tray liners. And I just kind of wondered, I'm like, okay, where, where is this ending up? You know, 
How much waste am I really going through? What is my effect on the environment with it? And so I honestly went to Amazon and to Google to search for a reusable paint tray and nothing was showing up. And so it's then that I had contacted a friend of mine that he does patents for agricultural equipment. And I just said, can you do a patent search for me and see if there's anything that's out there? And lo and behold, there was nothing that he could find. And so that's when I contacted an attorney to start the patent process with my paint tray, which is now called the repaint tray. So as of now, that's where I've been for the last couple of years is working on that patenting process and bringing it to the market and marketing, advertising, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And Tim, this is something, you know, as we were talking before we started recording, like I'm connected to a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, a lot of rural women who are really building businesses from where they live, doing what they love. But there's not a lot of people I know who have gone through this this process of really bringing a newly designed product to life. You know, it's one thing to design t-shirts or make candles, things like that. But I would love if you could walk us through just even what this journey has been like from idea, like, oh, like I really need this and it doesn't exist to being like, well, why don't I do that? And then like everything that's gotten you from, oh yeah, I'm going to do that to like, oh no, it's actually happening. And we are like well in the process because I think a lot of people along the way would be like, wow, it'd be really cool if this thing existed, but it doesn't. So I guess I'll do this instead. So can you tell us more about what that journey has been like for you? It's been insane because it's been a complete learning process through the entire thing. And everything that I've done so far, I've had to learn and figure it out. And it's not like I can just call up a friend and be like, hey, how do I manufacture a product? Because they don't have the answer either. And uh, I think when I had the idea for it and I realized that there wasn't something out there, I'm like, you know what? This could be a really big opportunity that is just kind of fallen into my lap. And it was that part of my mind that said, what if I do pursue this? The worst that could happen is, okay, yeah, I might lose some money in the process and it doesn't happen, but I would beat myself up if I didn't try. And I think that's the, you know, just the part of who I am is I always like to try something at least once. And if I'm not good at it, fine. But this has been a process that you just kind of have to learn everything as you go. And you're never going to have it figured out right away, you know, (laughs) case in point. And so when I had the idea for it, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, who do I talk to first about this? Because one, there was no patent for it. So I had to keep it kind of secret. Um, I needed Mm. to protect myself. So once I got, uh, so I lived with this secret. My husband was like the only one that knew other than our friend who did this patent search for me. As I had to live with this secret for like a year and it was a lot of uh, back and forth. Like, do I still pursue this? Do I not pursue this? What are people going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm crazy for going after something like this because it's so unrealistic, but it can happen. And so I held on to the secret forever. And once the patent application was officially filed, so once once an application is filed, you are officially patent pending. So you are protected in a sense to be able to share your idea or product or business because it can take up to three years usually for the patent to be officially accepted and filed. So I'm still in that process. 
But basically, once I got the okay, that okay, you're officially patent pending, I went on Instagram Live and I had just kind of shared like, hey, this is my idea. This is how it works. And I just want to share it with you. And I just need your honest feedback. If you think this is cool, great. If you don't and you have questions, that's great too. You know, I'm open to all of it. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of blew up where a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, first of all, that something like this doesn't exist and that nobody else has decided to take on this project. But two, this is actually wanted and needed. And because it was a problem that I was facing. And so if it was a problem that I was facing, then I knew other people were probably dealing with some of the same problems. And some of the best products that you will find on the market are usually a lot of products that people had their own problem that they wanted to fix. And so I knew that there was a possibility. So basically, I had called a silicone manufacturing. It was like out of Texas. I can't even remember the name. And they do um, silicone products for Hollywood where they basically would make like silicone masks or any types of things, you know, fake arms and stuff for any type of movies and production. And I just said, uh, you know, what's what's the best type of silicone I can use for a prototype? And he's like, oh, you'll want this and this. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I ordered some silicone and I made a very rough prototype and I pretty much just bought as much paint as I could to see, if, okay, is this actually going to work? And when I realized how much, I'm like, okay, this is this is really going to work. Here we go. You know, it was then that I think I kind of pushed a little bit harder to see how far I could take this. Yeah. So then what? Because I know whenever we were talking the other night, you were talking about, you know, getting connected to this conference and being a part of a mastermind. Because like you said, your friends, the people that you're immediately connected to have never lived this experience of doing something like this. So how did you intentionally surround yourself with the kind of people who you could go and ask questions or could even shepherd any kind of guidance in this like totally new journey? Right. So I got connected right away with a local entrepreneur center and they have had a few different products kind of come through there, but Um, nothing to this scale. So I think they were also excited to take on the challenge, like, okay, how can we help you make this happen? So I had joined one of their courses. It's called Venture School. And basically for a semester, they have you go through building like a business plan and putting together a business model canvas. And what's your value proposition? Who are your customers? And how are you going to service them? And so They make you go out and interview people. And so I think I interviewed like over 100 people and they can't be friends and family. They have to be like pretty much strangers because you're not going to get the true honest feedback that you need if you're interviewing your friends and your family because they're going to say what, you know, what you want to hear. And so through that entire process, you're learning how to pitch and just put together this whole business plan. And after I had finished school, I was kind of thinking, okay, now what? (laughs) Where do I go from here? And who do I talk to? And I was also super pregnant when I went through venture school. And I think it was like two weeks before I had my son, my patent was officially filed. And so that's when I could, you know, officially kind of come out and say like, this is what I'm working on. But otherwise, since then, it's literally just talking to people. Like it, it is a total guessing game. I, I would Google like different entrepreneur centers and talk to people and just say, okay, you know, who do you suggest I talk to in this process? And 
it wasn't until October of this last year that I got reconnected with a friend of ours. He played rugby with my husband in college and he's a big entrepreneur and they do him and his wife do a conference called Rise and Record. And it's a big uh, video marketing conference in Nashville. And so he encouraged me to come to that. So I went over there and that's how I was able to get connected with some other entrepreneurs that are a lot of them were in the digital world doing a lot of podcasts and uh, business coaching. So it was, again, really hard to find somebody in the product world. But there, I was actually able to get connected with Kevin Harrington, who is one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. And he was just, I was actually blown away. He's a very down-to-earth guy. And it was then that I kind of had that break, finally, after like a year and a half of just talking to multiple people and what do I do? He introduced me to some people that he typically works with when it comes to manufacturing. And so just within like the last month or so, I signed on as a business partnership with them. And so tomorrow we have our first really big meeting about manufacturing and that whole process. So Mm. I can't tell you exactly like how I got there, but the most you can surround yourself with other like-minded people in the entrepreneur world, whether it's in products or not, somebody knows somebody. So they're going to be able to get you connected Mm -hmm. and talking to other people to help you get you to where you need to go. Yeah. I also love you just sharing what this timeline has realistically looked like. Like how often do we have an idea and then we want it to to be here or a goal. And like, you're really in the beginning stages of a whole nother evolution of this, but already it's been years in the making. Friend, I am so giddy excited to announce that my next Ascend Retreat for Rural Women will be held this March 14th through 17th on the beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama. You heard that right. Not only are we in for a weekend of profound life change surrounded by like-minded women from small towns, rural communities, and farms from all over the country and beyond, but we get to engage in small group conversations, one-on-one coaching, incredible workshops while overlooking white sand beaches and listening to crashing waves. Just imagine waking up in the morning and sipping coffee on the beach while engaging in meaningful conversations with women who truly get you. What would it be like to be in a room where you don't need to feel self-conscious about your personality or your quirks because you are wildly accepted for exactly who you are today? Just think about the energy that will be in this space as you dig deep ask the hard questions, and figure out what you really want in this season of life, career, or business. If you're in a place where you feel like you've checked all of the boxes in life, but honestly feel like something is missing, or maybe you've kind of lost yourself through motherhood, career, or transitioning back to the farm, and you can't really imagine what comes next, but know that there's something that's meant for you. Or honestly, if you just need a kick in the pants jumpstart to begin the trajectory of bringing your crazy dreams to life, this is the retreat for you. Space is limited to 15 attendees and spots will fill fast. There are flexible payment options available to fit your lifestyle and budget for over the next year. For more information or to reserve your spot, tap the link in today's show notes. I absolutely cannot wait to welcome you into the Ascend community and welcome you into an experience that I know for certain will change your life.
to even Gulf Shores. So, you know, when you think about what's to come, like, what are your goals for this? I have so many goals. <laughs> and I have like my 2023 goals. And then of course, I have kind of like my five year goals, which five year goals, I think is just very hard in general, because like, if you asked me five years ago, what I'd be doing now, like, it's completely opposite from what I had even, you know, put down on paper five years ago. But some of my biggest goals for this year are one, just to start manufacturing, like, it's been so long in the process and trying to protect, you know, my intellectual property and all of the patent processing mm -hmm. that how can I protect myself, you know, legally and financially before kind of really jumping into this. And that's where this whole process mm -hmm. has come. And I'm finally to that point that it's like, okay, I'm ready to manufacture and just get this started. And right. so that's like the number one thing on my list for this year. But Otherwise, you know, I would love by like the end of the year, if it, if I was at least in one major retailer like Home Depot or Menards or Lowe's or something like that would be incredible to be able to walk in and be like, that's mine. Like I created that mm. and other people can buy that. I think that would just be like incredible feeling to be able to see something that big that I was able to accomplish. But yeah, yeah those are my two biggest things. And then, of course, I have a couple of other smaller things in there, too. Course. Well, and as you grow and change and evolve, that will all grow and change and evolve too. Now, you're in agriculture. You're would you consider yourself a farm wife? I know there's like a lot of <laughs> a lot of people have different opinions on what they call themselves, but I would love if you could talk about just what that journey has been like as a mom and as, you know, being involved in the farm is really busy. And then, like you said, living in a small town, especially a small town you didn't grow up in, like what has it been like to have this really big new idea and be doing the work sometimes behind the scenes to bring it to life while also existing in the environment that you're in? It It's so hard to balance. I don't even know if you could call it balance. It's just chaos. But <laughs> I mean, I love the miniature Highland farm that we have. That was actually kind of my dream and my baby to like start this because it's one, it's just such a crazy market that people just love the small fluffy cows that I'm like, yeah, we need to be in this. And I remember other people in big agriculture like laughing at me like, for real, you want to do mini fluffy cows? I'm like, yeah. And then they saw that our cows were sold before they were even born. And they're like, oh, just kidding. You do know what you're doing. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it, it was hard and it still is hard because, um, you know, we moved away from my husband's family farm. So he still drives, you know, like an hour and a half to go back and farm with his family in the fall and in the spring. And, uh, you know, sometimes during the week, you know, it's him feeding cows or it's me feeding cows and just trying to figure out the balance with it. And uh, I actually was in a boutique just not that long ago. And I saw a sweatshirt that said mediocre farm wife. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm all for supporting my husband and all the agriculture endeavors that he wants to do and take on. But I'm kind of the farm wife that I'm like, hey, if you wake up and you don't pack a lunch for the tractor, that's your fault. <laughs> Where I, yeah. you know, I know the farm wives that like that is their, you know, that's their bread and butter. You know, they want to be the farm wife and raise their babies and can all the food and, you know, be out there to bring farm meals. And, and I'm like, oh, it's not me. I'm like, 
you know, I'm, I'm sorry, honey, <laughs> you get a cold sandwich. <laughs> so yeah. that's where, that's where I'm at. But he's been so mm-hmm. supportive of everything that I've been doing so far and just trying to find the balance and all that we're doing. I think that brings up a good point is like, there's never one way to do anything. Like so often when we step into a new role, we look at all of the other representation of how other people are doing it and then immediately think, oh, that's how a good mom does this or how a good employee does this or how a good farm wife does this. When the reality is like you and your family get to decide what your life looks like. So if you are on the same page and you know, you do your thing and I'm doing this, like, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, both my husband and I have very entrepreneur type minds. And so, you know, we've always like been bouncing ideas off of each other. You know, what if we do this? And what if we do this? And how do we do this? And, you know, a lot of things are like, okay, we need to tone it back and just, you know, like take one thing at a time. But I think it's really good one to just set goals together as a couple, or Mm -hmm. even as a family, even if it's small, but also just making sure that yeah, you're on the same page and can support each other. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with kids, especially young little kids at home, like sometimes it throws a wrench in things and you just kind of have to like allow yourself some grace and just time to take a break. Like, like I said, my daughter is homesick right now and you know, sometimes it happens, but she's just kind of embraced all of the things that we've kind of taken on as a family. And I think the other thing is like with little kids, you also have to allow them the space to join in on it. And not just, Mm. you know, letting them watch from the sidelines. So like, for example, with all of my painting stuff, you know, I love doing DIY projects. And a lot of times I think, okay, we want to keep the kids out of the paint and whatever. But for me trying to like, let that go and just say, okay, you know, come over here and paint this wall with me. It makes her really excited and wants to know, like, how can I do this? And she loves, like, feeding the cows with us. I mean, it would be blistering cold out, and she's still, like, ready to go outside with dad or me, you know, to get out in the ranger and go feed the cows. So it's fun, like, involving them in all that we've been doing and, you know, watching them ask questions and see how it's all happening. Absolutely. Hey friends, I'm going to be totally honest. In the past four months, my habits have gone out the window. Pregnancy be humbling like that sometimes. But now that I'm starting to feel like a functional human again, I am so ready to get back to the things that I know make me feel physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and strong, which is why I am jumping into a new round of You Do You 82. You Do You 82 is a habit challenge where you get to choose six habits to intentionally build or break through the lens of progress over perfection for 82 days. This challenge is 1000% free and anyone can start anytime. However, I know it's always more fun when we do something like this together. I'm jumping in within the next couple of weeks and I think you should too. If you are ready to bring some intentionality into your life and truly take care of you throughout this summer, I invite you to join us. Tap the link in today's show notes to download your free Journey Through You Do You 82 workbook today. Whether or not you've done this before or anything like it, I believe that any time is a good time to invest in yourself. There's no need to compare yourself to where you've been, where you wish to be, or what anyone else around you is doing. This is for you exactly where you're at today. 
Again, you're going to tap the link in today's show notes, head to youdou82.com to get started. I am so ready. Let's do this. So when you think back to the beginning of this wild ride, what advice would you give yourself or someone else who's beginning a, a similar journey, whether it's entrepreneurial or just doing something that they've never done before and bringing an idea that might make other people be like, wait, what? And believing in it and bringing it to life. Oh, man, I'd say there's a lot of things. I would say, number one, don't be afraid to ask questions and get outside of your comfort zone of talking to people if that's something you don't like doing, especially when it's a stranger. (laughs) Because one, when you ask the questions, you never know, like, one, what the answer is going to be. But Two, the connections that you're going to make in the process. And uh, I think it's going to help you get further along versus you just sitting at your computer trying to Google everything. Because Mm -hmm. the more you talk to people, you know, you're going to be able to build this level of trust and relationship with other people's. And you just, like I said, you just never know where you're going to get with it. And if I wasn't asking the questions, I would not have been able to find like this business partnership to be able to start manufacturing and figuring all the logistics and whatnot. But I guess the other thing I would say is you really have to have a passion for it and just a level of belief in yourself that is going to be higher than other people's words. Because if you believe so much in yourself and your ability to do this and make something like, you know, have this big audacious goal to be in hardware stores all across America, you know you have to be able to trust that you can bring yourself to it. Because if you are like, yeah, that's a cool idea, but you don't have a passion for it to make something like that happen, Mm -hmm. then you're never going to reach your end goal. Yeah. I think about, you know, just how much time has transpired and how much time there is to come in bringing this all to life. So how do you maintain that passion and stay focused on the goal and the road ahead? There's a few things that I do. And It's crazy. I feel like at least for myself that I am able to kind of have this level of belief in myself and confidence, so to speak, because if you were to ask me the same thing, you know, a few years ago, that was not me at all. I I would have not been super confident in my abilities to see something through like this. And I, I really can't pinpoint to when that would have changed, to be honest. But one of the things that I do is I have a Pinterest board of, it's just labeled words. That's all it is. And it's just encouraging quotes and sayings and things. So like if I'm ever kind of feeling down, I'll seriously just sit through and scroll through this Pinterest board and just like read some of these words and just, okay, I can, you know, I can do this. It's okay to take a break sometimes. If I am starting to feel burnout, I don't need to push myself. Mm-hmm. and allowing myself to just take a break or, you know, go take a bath, go for a walk, you know, do those things to kind of rejuvenate myself so I don't completely burn out. Also, I have my goals up on my mirror uh, in my bedroom. So that way, you know, when I wake up in the morning or when I'm going to bed or doing my makeup or whatever, I'm like seeing those goals and I see them every day. So that way I don't forget like where I want to be. And mm-hmm. it's going to be so exciting when I can cross one of those off. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that when I talk about goals or building new habits and things like that is finding a way to keep it top of mind and embodying the the goal before it's even true. You know, speaking, talking, acting, writing about it as if it's already possible. And I think that's where you do build that confidence along the way. 
being an entrepreneur and seeing a vision come to life, I think there's so many micro experiences you've had that has built that confidence because you figured everything out along the way. You have no evidence to support that you won't continue figuring it out. So I think oftentimes we get we get hung up in that, I don't know what to do, or I don't know what comes next, or where do I even begin? And I think your story has shown so beautifully is like, you don't have to know anything right. <laughs> to bring your goal to life. You got to be willing to ask the hard questions. You got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You got to get connected to people you've never known before. You got to do things you've never been done before. You didn't go to school for No one in your family has done before maybe. And just everything is figure outable. Yeah. And that's how you build so much confidence in who you are and what you're doing and what your goals are and what you believe in is by proving to yourself time and time again that you can do it. Yeah. And actually, now that we're talking about it, I can pinpoint to when I uh, I knew that there was going to be a level of confidence that I knew I could do this. And it was when I was pregnant with my son. And so I had a C-section with my daughter, and it was actually a very traumatic birth experience. And so mm-hmm. when I found out I was pregnant with my son, I was panicking because I thought for sure I would have to have another C-section and I was not prepared for that, you know, mentally or physically. And so I did end up having to go to birth trauma therapy to be able to kind of overcome some of these fears. And I was adamant about having a VBAC, which if you're not familiar with a VBAC, it's vaginal birth after cesarean. I was never a big like goal setter to begin with, but I had put up on my mirror, just on a little piece of paper, I will have a VBAC. You know, not like I hope to have a VBAC. And I said, I will have a VBAC because I did not want to experience that first birth that I did have with my daughter. And mind you, everything's fine now, but at the time it was terrifying. And, uh, and so the therapist that I was working with, she actually said, you know, how about you write down what your ideal birth story looks like? I'm like, okay, you know, Mm. and she's like, obviously things change and things can happen, but still write down what that looks like to you. And so, you know, I was kind of cheesy with it. I'm like, it's going to start snowing, you know, or whatever. (laughs) And sure enough, like, it went almost exactly to the way that I had written down the way that I wanted my feedback to go. My water broke at home. I was able to labor beautifully. And when I got to the hospital, I distinctly remember I was sitting like on the yoga ball looking out the window and it started snowing. And and it was then in that moment that I'm like, I'm going to get my V back and I know what's going to happen. And it was so tough to overcome some of the negativity because my doctor one did not really believe in me. And that was really frustrating. So pretty much every appointment I had to defend myself in that process. And Mm. uh, my husband was obviously nervous, but he's like, you know what you're doing, you know your body best. And he's like, I'm going to support you through this and I know you can do it. And so when it started snowing, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. And my husband looked up in the forecast. He's like, it's not even forecasted, just snow. Like it's just snowing. Oh my gosh. And I just like, I just knew it. And so everything just, you know, the whole process, it worked out great. He was happy and healthy and just, you know, it were everything happened to the way like I, I couldn't have even imagined it any better. And so after that experience that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote down this goal. I envisioned it and I believed it could happen. And the impossible happened that it snowed without like it even being in the forecast. And I totally believe that's a God thing. And yeah. it just, those things fall into place. So I think after that experience, I was just like, there's so many bigger things that I could accomplish in this world if I just truly set my mind to it. 
Absolutely. That there is so much truth to, um, you know, and there's different, there's different names for it. There's different modalities that people believe in or teach on, but that concept of, you know, getting clear on what your vision looks like and defining it in such detail that it's, it's reality. And there's like no option other than to make it true. Even like you said, if there's twists and turns along the way or things evolve, there's so much truth to that. And a lot of it really comes down to, do you have the audacious belief to know that it's possible? Absolutely. So Oh, mic drop moment. Well, <laughs> Billy, if someone isn't following you yet, where can they follow you online, both personally and also tell us more about how we can learn more about this product and support you as you start manufacturing and, you know, get it to Home Depot and Lowe's yeah. and all the places. Yeah. So if you want to follow the business journey, my website is repaintstudios.com. And I am in the process of updating some things, but um, you should be able to see there more about the product and how it works. And you are able to pre-order the product right now, although manufacturing probably won't happen for another month or two. Otherwise, if you want to follow me personally, um, my Instagram, I share a lot of DIY projects and also just a lot about family and farming. That's mama underscore B-E-E as in B underscore K-A-Y. So mama B-K. The business Instagram is repaint underscore underscore studios. Very, very cool. Well, I'm excited to watch this all unfold. I can't wait to say, oh my God, I knew her when. <laughs> yeah. We're like a national brand as seen on TV. Oh, that'd like, be great. <laughs> so cool. And I just think what a beautiful embodiment of you know, a woman in ag, a rural woman having an idea and doing everything it takes to bring it to life. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. I know it will inspire someone who needs to hear your message. So thank you so much. Thank you. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.